0: Greening with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: My buddy Damian Woody will be live in just a minute here on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. I was just making sure that my uh, setup here is all ready because in this hour, about 35 minutes from now or thereabouts, I'll be giving you very simple instructions of how you can win the spectacular Last Dance Blu-ray gift set. going to give away three copies of this. It's the Last Dance, it's Blu-rays with all of the 10 hours of The Last Dance, plus all this extra footage that you've never seen before on TV, The Last Dance, the Jordan films, all brilliant stuff. And you can win very, very easily, win uh, your copy of the Blu-ray set. If you're just listening to me in about 35 minutes, I will explain to you how. Meanwhile, um, let me bring Damian Woody into the conversation here. A million different things to get to with him. Damian Woody joins me live with the Breaking Moves. Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to linkedin.com slash sports. And D Wood, before we get to all the NFL news and notes, and there's a ton of it, you are probably the most passionate Laker fan I know. How we feeling right now, one game away from a championship?
0: Greeny, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling revitalized. You know, we want to we want a game where we had get get down into the mud to to win a game like that. And you know, the one thing I always said about the Lakers is sometimes we don't put forth the best the best effort. Clearly, we are the better team. There's no question about it. But you know, the Miami Heat coached by Eric Spolster. Man, they're well coached. They're gritty. They grind. And uh, th- that that gave, me, that gave me a pause heading to this series. But I think last night's game, you saw the Lakers elevate to the challenge. And now we're on the verge of another championship.
1: So you tell me what's going to happen. You know my show in the mornings. You have all the fun that we've had together. LeBron wins number four. Now we get to next year and he wins number five. You tell me what those conversations are going to start to be as LeBron, if he were to get himself within one championship of Michael Jordan.
0: I mean, Greeny, he. You, I mean, he's got to. It's 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 right. It's got to be there. I know there's going to be some some people who will never put LeBron James with Michael Jordan, and I understand it. I grew up in the era of Michael Jordan and and watching, you know, all of his glory back in the '90s. But Greeny, you got to also understand. LeBron James has been in the finals what ten straight years, like ten straight seasons or something crazy like that. LeBron James has been in the finals, mm. and if LeBron James finishes things off, finishes it off this year, and gets and gets this championship and wins it next year, come on now, we like <laughs> even the hard, most hardcore, you know, Michael Jordan apologists will have to re- reconsider the greatness that is LeBron James.
1: Yeah, it's ten total finals for him. There were eight in a row. The record is 12 championship round appearances by Bill Russell. So LeBron could make a run at that. He could make a run at Michael's six rings, which isn't the record, but is, of course, the standard to which he's being held. It's going to be interesting to watch. First, they got to win this thing on Friday night. They will win this championship. It seems hard to believe they won't. All right. D. Wood, one of the reasons I asked you that is because I'm trying to avoid getting to the news that I just got sent to me a little while ago and that is that in the midst of what has got to be one of the most depressing football seasons as a fan I can ever remember, I now have the news that Sam Darnold is not going to be the quarterback for the New York Jets this weekend. He has a shoulder. Joe Flacco will be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets against Arizona this weekend. D. Wood, what should I be thinking?
0: Just end the season. <laughs> uh, I just, I mean, greeny, it's it's really that simple right now. I mean, think about everything that's happened with the Jets. Clearly – Sam Darnold, you know, getting injured on Thursday night football against the Broncos. Definitely not ideal. And it seems like he's hurt uh worse than 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 what was anticipated, considering he came back into the game. Your star left tackle, Makai Beckton, looks like he's out this game. We haven't seen uh Perriman or Denzel Mims, the second round draft pick, the wide receiver. So if you're a Jet fan right Jet fan right now, what do you have looking for what do you have to look forward to? In the immediate future right now. I mean, the only thing you could possibly look forward to is Trevor Lawrence in, in the draft. Because I think the Jets right now are sitting at the number one spot. So there's just not much hope as
1: a Jets fan looking 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 at the rest of the season. And let this be a lesson to anyone who ever utters the phrase, it can't get worse with the Jets. It can always get worse. As bad as they have looked. Now they'll be playing without the quarterback. D. Wood is with me here. Another quarterback situation, this news breaking in the final half hour of our our TV show together this morning, D. Wood, and that is that the Washington football team is going to sit Dwayne Haskins down for the time being. And I'm seeing there's a lot of reaction to that. Now anyone who has followed me you know that I am a huge Dwayne Haskins fan. I did a whole long essay on TV about how I thought he should have been the first quarterback taken his year. I watched every snap he took at Ohio State. He was the best quarterback for that one season I ever saw in the Big 10. I believe he has been put in an impossible situation. There are some there are far more young quarterbacks who are ruined in the NFL than developed. And my fear Is that Dwayne Haskins is being ruined, and I just hope that it can be overcome. D Wood, what's your perspective of what's happening with Haskins in DC?
0: Absolutely right. I think uh, Dwayne Haskins has been put in a terrible situation. He he was drafted, you know, to the Washington football team where the coach Jay Gruden at the time was on the hot seat. He gets fired. You know, in comes Ron Rivera. That's not his guy. That's not his coach. So you got a whole new regime that comes into the Washington football team and, and, and Dwayne Haskins, who's a guy who came into this league and came into the national football league, having not played a bunch of uh, games in college. So the fact that the Washington football team is benching him this early, when he hasn't even played a full season yet, you're definitely not giving that young man an opportunity to see if he can develop into a, a starting quarterback in this league. And Green, as you said, more young players, particularly quarterbacks, are destroyed than developed going into certain situations, you know, as far as teams are concerned.
1: There's a perfect example of how it is about the organization, right? So let's take the – everyone thinks that I'm always talking about the Jets when I talk about terrible franchises and why they stay terrible. Let's look at Washington. This is a perfect example of that. So last year, they draft a quarterback in the first round, but they have no conviction whatsoever in that decision or in, or in the, the 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 backing of the people who were running the franchise. So almost immediately, the coach is fired, the GM is fired, everyone involved in fired. So now you bring all new people in. Those people don't believe in the quarterback, so you cast the quarterback aside. They're going to bring another quarterback in. This is just this is an express train to constantly stinking. Right? It is it is just the way you're you're constantly like on a hamster wheel that is running in a circle and getting nowhere because you actually have no organizational commitment to anything that you are doing. And that is Washington to a T. That's why they've been terrible for twenty years, and they will continue to be terrible.
0: Absolutely, and Green. If you remember, Jay Gruden didn't even want to play Dwayne Hassan. He right. was basically overruled by the owner. So you had an old regime that didn't want that didn't want uh, to play the quarterback, or didn't even want the quarterback in the first place. And now enter in a new regime that decided to move on. So again. Dwayne Haskins, the the prospect coming out of Ohio Ohio State, a lot of people were high on him. But because of the situation he was drafted into, it was just doomed to fail right from the get-go.
1: And that's why, to some degree, look, you look at what they're doing in Washington, and they're terrible, and this is why they're terrible. You look at what they're doing with the Jets, and it's te- they're terrible, and this is why they're terrible, because there's no organizational commitment to anything they do. They just rebuilt, and now they're giving up and rebuilding again two years later. They just found their savior franchise quarterback, and now two years later, they think they're looking for the next one. That's because the people at the top are incompetent. That's why, to some degree at least, I give some credit to the people in Chicago who made the extraordinary mistake, obviously obviously of drafting Mitchell Trubisky before they draft in, in a draft where both Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were available, but at least they've acknowledged that and move forward and not given up on everything else they have around them. D Wood, what is your sense of how that thing is going to go there?
0: Well, I think we've seen the, intro- the end of the Mitchell Trubisky, uh, you know, situation in Chicago. I think, you know, a lot of times with these quarterback, a lot of it is psyche. And when you decide to move on, when you decide to bench your starting quarterback, it's really hard to go back to him after that. And, and I think w- once we saw the Chicago Bears trade for Nick Foles, that was, the, that was, the to me, that was a writing on the wall that, you know what, we're not totally invested in Mitchell Trubisky as our future. Everything is on the table, and clearly we've seen from the Chicago Bears that they're ready to move on from that, from that experiment.
1: Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. My buddy D. Wood is with me on the Shell Penzo performance line. Let's go through a couple other story lines around the league here. Um, obviously, the worst story in the sport right now are the continuing positive tests for coronavirus. It's no surprise. We all had to know coming in that this was going to happen this season, and the league is doing its best to navigate its way through. But we've got real questions in Tennessee now, we have real questions in Foxborough around the Patriots. What 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 do you think you'd be thinking if you were a player right now, D Wood, about all of this? How how do you think you would feel um, about this season and and everything else that's going on around it? Well, it, you know, granted, the thing is, you're
0: fighting against the invisible enemy. You know, it's one thing to watch tape and prepare for an opponents that you're going to play on Sunday, but when you're fighting against something you can't see, then that that it, it brings it brings something totally different to the table, and and, and it's un. You know, this is unparalleled to anything that the National Football League or, you know, our country has experienced in, in, in such a long time. And, you know, I've said coming to the season, these guys have to be the most selfish that they've ever been in order for the NFL and everyone to really get through this whole situation because the exposure, the, the exposure of, the, of this virus is just is so high that these guys just have to be careful. Especially when they're outside the facility, you just can't be mingling with other people. And we see, and Green, we've seen with the with the Las Vegas Raiders. You know, uh, you, uh, Darren Waller, the, the the really good tight end out there. He has a fundraiser, and then all of a sudden, boom! They have a couple guys that 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 test positive for COVID. So these guys have to buckle down and understand the the times that we're in.
1: There are literally billions of dollars hanging in the balance that isn't the only reason to be focused on this but it certainly is a big one one more and this was a fun question that we had this morning it is um one of the best things about this nfl season to this point is that if you look at the three big teams in the nfc right now they are all led by first ballot hall of fame quarterbacks russell wilson in seattle aaron Rodgers in green bay tom brady in uh, tampa bay and if you want to include new orleans if we think the saints are going to get back in that mix then they've got Drew Brees. So you've got four first ballot Hall of Famers. If I told you, D Wood, that you had to bet that that palatial estate that we were always seeing behind you when you come on get up in the morning in that huge room that looks like you should be having chariot races going on behind you, I pointed <laughs> out no one, no one lives in a bigger house than Damian Woody. It is, it looks enormous. You look like you live like, like, like in, 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 in a, in a castle. But anyway, if you had to risk that palatial estate on one of those quarterbacks making it to the Super Bowl this year. Which one are you betting on?
0: Well, first of all, I got to say that, you know, I really screwed up the segment this morning because I just mm. totally jumped off my original, my original pick. <laughs> yeah. And I believe you did say Russell Wilson as one of these four, correct? Yes. Okay. So I'm going back to my original pick because I picked the Seattle Seahawks to go to the Super Bowl this year. So I'm going with Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson is I think Russell Wilson this year is finally getting his due. He's been due for a long time, but I think this year he's finally getting his due for just a spectacular play that he has going on with the, the – he's going to pay – he's going to pay for 60, 64 touchdowns this year. That is insane. And then he just completion percentage. Russell Wilson is putting it all together this year, so I'm going with Russell
1: Wilson. I'm with you, and I think that Wilson is going to win the MVP, or at least he has an excellent chance, and so does Aaron Rodgers. But the question that I have is, how important is defense? In the year 2020, do you have to have a defense – in order to win a championship because the Seahawks defense, at least at this point, is giving up yards and points at almost the same alarming level as the Cowboys. Now, Jamal Adams is hurt, and maybe they'll get better, and they have good defensive coaching in Pete Carroll, but they don't have a whole lot of defense. Do you have to have a defense to win a championship right now? I think you do have to have some defense, and I'm betting on Pete Carroll
0: to figure it out and get this defense better. I mean, listen. If we're, to go, if, if we're going to talk about defense out of the four, I would take Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay defense because they are playing tremendous on that side of the football. But again, I'm going to go with Russell Wilson because I think Russell Wilson is just having a special season, and I believe Pete Carroll will figure that thing out on the other side of the ball.
1: So much fun to talk, as always. Thank you, D. Wood. I'll see you in the next few days. All right, take it easy. That's Damian Woody. He's such a good man, such a, a sweetheart of a guy, and, and outstanding insight. And a perfect example, I've said this many times, there are some football players, when you talk to guys who played with or against Damian Woody, and and I know a ton of them now because um, when he played on the Jets, we now have, I mean, half that roster it works for ESPN. Rex Ryan works for ESPN. Mark Sanchez works for ESPN. Mike Tannenbaum works for ESPN. So not all on the roster, but you know what I mean? They all know D. Wood. And D. Wood apparently was like the most vocal leader the most intimidating, rough, tough, mean dude, that's what they'll all tell you. And it's a great example of how these guys just obviously have a switch that they can turn on because the man's a teddy bear. Damien Woody is, is, is really more akin to a stuffed animal than he is to a human being. He's, he's just the nicest guy that you'll ever meet in your entire life. And one way or another, he obviously wasn't like that when he played. Anyway, coming up in something in the neighborhood of 20 minutes, 22 minutes I'm going to give you the very easy instructions of how you can win this Last Dance Blu-ray collection. It, of course, tells the story of Michael Jordan winning his sixth championship. And I'm already starting to become consumed, consumed by the possibility of LeBron James getting there. I'm on record as saying that the Lakers are right now in the beginning of a mini dynasty. I say mini because the most important piece of it is 35 years old. So LeBron James isn't still going to be the best player in the league five years from now. That, as, as great as he is and as great a shape as he keeps himself in, that's just not realistic. But for each of the next two seasons, I'll say, I think he has a chance to remain, if not qu- as good as he is now, close enough that alongside Anthony Davis and the collection of ring chasers who will want to come play with them, I believe the Lakers go into each of the next two seasons as the favorites to win the championship. Clippers have a great duo. Warriors will get all these guys back, and they'll be very dangerous. Brooklyn, obviously, with KD and Kyrie, will be fascinating to watch. Giannis isn't going away. Dallas has great young stars. Houston has the two players and the lad pieces. There are a lot of good places to play. back. There are a lot of good teams and a lot of good duos and a lot of good situations. But I believe that no matter what happens – The Lakers figure to be the favorites. LeBron and Anthony Davis are a better duo than will be put together anywhere. They are the best duo in the NBA since Shaq and Kobe. And so if LeBron wins his fourth, I've already told you, four titles and four regular season MVPs, that puts him in a group of four. The only three players ever to have accomplished that to have at least four championships and at least four MVPs are Bill Russell, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Michael Jordan. LeBron would be the fourth. But we're not comparing LeBron to Russell. It's not really a comparison. Russell is the legend he is mostly because he just won every year. We're not comparing LeBron to Kareem because Kareem is just the most accomplished player ever. He's the greatest high school player ever. He's the greatest college player ever. He's the all-time leading scorer in NBA history. He won all those championships and MVPs. That's not who LeBron is compared to. LeBron is compared to Michael. We all know that. And what Michael's Will always look, look, those of us who are Team Michael, and I, I love LeBron, and I think he's unbelievable, and I will defend his greatness to absolutely anyone. And in the same way that you don't have to have as much money as Bill Gates to be rich, you don't have to be as good as Michael Jordan to be great. LeBron James is, in my estimation, if you're just looking at the greatest players ever, I would put him number two. I'm putting him ahead of Magic Johnson and Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan and any of the other names you might otherwise put at number two. But Michael is number one, and it is going to be very hard for me to ever put anyone ahead of him. I like to rile people up every now and again by commenting on social media whenever Michael's name comes up, best there ever was, best there's ever going to be. A, because I believe it, and B, because it's just fun to see people's reaction. But i tell you what, LeBron getting to four, that's one thing. If he should ever win it again next year, then the conversation's about LeBron's chase of six will become really one of the great stories the sport has ever seen. LeBron chasing Michael's sixth championship. Because the one thing that no one can fight, if you're a Michael Jordan fan, if you're on the Michael side of this argument, the one thing that just shuts everything down is Michael won it six times. So if LeBron James should all of a sudden win it six times going to make that conversation even more interesting than it has already been so I'll be interested to see what happens if indeed we get there obviously they got to get through Friday night or Sunday night before we can start having that conversation I told you already I think the Heat are going to win Friday night I think they will extend this to six and I think LeBron and the Lakers will wrap it up Sunday night for championship number 17 for that franchise tying the Celtics for most all time championship number four for LeBron and counting Again, that'll put him two away from Michael on the last dance coming up in just about 15 minutes. I will explain to you exactly how you can go about winning these last dance Blu-ray gift collection. It couldn't be more simple. In the meantime, coming up next, did one manager in these baseball playoffs? Oh, yeah, baseball playoffs. You know, it's just incredible the amount of things we have going on right now. We went from zero to one hundred and sixty in the blink of an eye and we have all this football and all these football stories. We have the NBA Finals and LeBron on the verge of a championship. And then we have, for the first time in history, Major League Baseball playoff games being played on a neutral site. And a lot of people's belief that one manager got a little too cute for his own good yesterday.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greedy with you, and we continue. We're coming to you live today from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase... Lower Manhattan, home for Get Up and Greeny and First Take, and they do Around the Horn from here in this building, and um, a lot of good stuff down here. It has been nice to be back here uh, over the last few weeks. All right, in the meantime, in just about five or six minutes... I'm going to give you the very simple instructions of how you can win this DVD set. It's not DVD. Excuse me, the Blu-ray set, the gift set of The Last Dance Films. So that's coming up just a few moments from now. I've missed these giveaways. I've missed these opportunities to, um, you know, to give away prizes to people. It's fun to be able to do. It's a nice connection to be able to make. We don't do it on, on TV. It's, it's really more of a radio um, kind of, of uh, device. And so this will be the first and hopefully the first of many that we'll do here upon my return. In the meantime, very quickly, um, Jessica Mendoza said an interesting thing on Get Up this morning. She said, this is baseball in 2020. The Yankees last night struck out 18 times and put 14 balls in play. And that's the sport right now. That's baseball in 2020. And you know what I'm not going to tolerate anymore? As I sat and I was flipping back and forth between that game last night, some of the baseball, that one in particular, and the basketball game. I'm no longer, when I sit here and and suggest that I think baseball has some issues with exactly that, the structure of the way the game is played right now, that this is an issue, I used to allow myself to get shouted down on that, that there would always be, inevitably be people who would be saying to me on Twitter, yeah, here's another person who obviously hates baseball just complaining about it. You know what? I'm done with that. You know what the problem is? It's boring when there is never a ball in play it's boring and then you need to do something to make it less boring because you've even made the home run less thrilling than it used to be when the home run when the home run happens all the time when every single swing is is done with that intention alone then it really takes the spectacular ones to make you pay attention so Jean carlos stanton is going to hit a ball 460 feet As he did yesterday, his second home run yesterday might genuinely have been the hardest I've ever seen anyone hit a baseball. and I've been watching the game 50 years. But they really that's the thing that I concern myself with is that you watch the game and it's just a never ending sequence of that. And Tyler Glass now give him credit. He's missing bats all night long. But at some point when there are more strikeouts and there are balls in play, I think we have a problem. And if you're going to tell me that means I just don't like baseball, that I'm just tired of listening to you. I'm not interested in that opinion. I believe that needs to change because it will make the game better. I don't know how to do it, but I think it needs to be done. That said, I think the manager of the Yankees got a little cute last night. This whole opener business, but an opener is an opener. If you're going to open the game with somebody, if you're going to throw someone out there just to pitch the first inning and then turn it so that you go, the whole lefty righty thing happens starting in the second, then you go in with that plan. But no one seems to be quite clear on whether that was the plan or not. So they throw the 21-year-old kid out there last night. He throws one inning, gives up one home run because that's what happens in baseball. And then immediately he goes to Jay Happ, who seems to be up now. He's sort of been upset about everything all year long anyway. But one way or another, this seems to have gotten a little cute last night. Gotten a little cute at a time when you are hitting, so, everyone in your lineup is hitting. And when you're averaging, whatever it is, if, if you're going to score seven, eight runs in a game, that should be enough. Just get to your bullpen. It's all anyone wants the baseball to do anyway, anymore, anyway. So it seems to me they got a little cute, and I brought it up with Jessica Mendoza today. Uh, guys, which of these Jessica Mendoza's is it? I've got two of them on my screen. I apologize for not knowing. Or, Bubba, just if you know which one it is, go ahead and hit it. This was Jessica talking about how the manager of the Yankees, Aaron Boone, might have gotten a little cute last night. It's which one? It's 4-3. It's okay, it's this one here. Sorry, guys. This is Jessica Mendoza today on Get Up about Aaron Boone. I think in hindsight, it does look like it was too cute, but ultimately this is exactly what teams are doing. They gave the Rays a taste almost of their own medicine, had it worked being able to go with a starter for just that one inning. Of course, Davey Garcia doesn't give up that home run. They, they let him stick in longer. But you got to remember, hat from the left side against a bunch of lefties that had stacked up. The idea is real. I mean, this works more times than not. And really, ultimately, he saved his best bullpen guys for the series. So so if the Yankees win this series, you look back on game two, and it actually wasn't a bad idea to give Tanaka game three. They're lined up pretty well. OK, so that, that's the way she sees it. And again, I, I guess I just have to continue to get used to this because this is I'm not talking about the way baseball was played 50 years ago or 20 years ago. I'm talking about the way baseball was played 24 months ago. This just wasn't the conversation that we were having. When the Cubs and the Indians met in the World Series four years ago, when the Mets made the World Series with all those starting pitchers, that's what baseball is built on. That we we, We've spent a lot of this day talking about the legendary quarterbacks in football right now and how everything in the sport is made better by the fact that you have so many legendary quarterbacks. That's what the starting pitcher is in baseball, at least what it's always used to be. I want to sit down and analyze the matchups. I want to talk about who, who got the advantage in starting pitching. That should be the most important thing. Going into a postseason, any series, shouldn't be about whether the kid is going to pitch more than one inning, so you can save your bullpen for Game Three. All right, uh, the stories out of football today are are unrelentingly bleak. We've got coronavirus positive stories coming out of Tennessee, out of Las Vegas, and out of Foxborough, where not only does Stephon Gilmore, who is their best player, who's the Patriots' best player and was the defensive player of the year in the NFL last year, not only does he test positive now, putting his status uh, for this weekend's game against Denver into an almost impossible place and putting the status of the entire game into a complicated place, but everywhere you look now, you will see the picture of him with his face directly in Patrick Mahomes' face at the end of that game on Monday night. So now you're keeping a close eye on Mahomes. And this turns into exactly the situation that we, I guess we knew this season was going to be, But it's tough to take. And there's a lot of reason to be worried about it. And you will start hearing more and more people bringing up the concept of more aggressive forms of mitigation. mitigation. Everyone says a bubble is an impossibility, and it probably is. You're talking about tens of thousands of people that are required to run an entire NFL season. To put tens of thousands of people into some sort of bubble situation for three months, it probably is impossible. But just to put everyone on the honor system I and mean, just look around you I and mean, the Raiders are having a charity event and all these guys are walking around in, in, in crowded rooms indoors with no masks. What do you think is going to happen? This is what's going to happen. So I don't know that the honor system is going to be enough here. There were a lot of things at stake, including billions of dollars that hang in the balance. All right. Uh, I'm going to take some calls coming up in a few minutes, but right now is when we're going to do our giveaway. My first giveaway since I've come back to the radio. And this morning I talked about this on TV on Get Up, the opportunity to showcase the new Last Dance Blu-ray gift set that will be available to own beginning on November 10th. The only better thing than buying this for yourself is if I give it to you. And I'm giving away three of them over the next two days. And here's how we're going to do it. You know what the Last Dance is. It just won the Emmy for Outstanding Documentary or Nonfiction Series. Well, this Blu-ray gift set, not only does it have the 10 hours that you saw on TV, but it has f- over four hours of bonus features. It has this spectacular special packaging and a 28-page gallery book with incredible photography. It will be released just in time for the holidays, and the limited-time Blu-ray set makes the perfect gift for any basketball fan in your life or any fan of sports history. But here's your chance to win it. In a moment, I'm going to send a tweet from my handle, at ESPN Greenie. and here's how you enter to win. Nothing could be easier than this. You just have to retweet it. It is the tweet. I'm going to post it to the top of my page, but it is the one that has the, it'll have the hashtag, the last dance radio sweeps on it. So all you have to do is retweet that. And then you have to follow both me and at ESPN radio. You have till the end of tomorrow's show to do those things. So it's step one, step two, step three, go to my Twitter page at ESPN greenie. And just in fact, why don't I just tweet it right now? So you can do it right now. There we go. Boom. The tweet is up. I will pin it to my page as soon as I get to this break. But all you do is you go to that. You retweet that post. It has the hashtag the last dance radio sweeps. You retweet that. Then you follow me at ESPN Greeny and you follow at ESPN radio. It's as simple as that and you will be entered with a chance at the end of tomorrow's show to enter for your chance to win the Last Dance Blu-ray gift set. Check out the complete rules. Go to ESPNRadio.com for complete contest rules. So get in right now. Follow me. Follow at ESPN Radio and retweet that tweet and you might just win this spectacular Blu-ray gift set with four additional hours of footage from the last dance, the last chance, Michael Jordan's chance and his sixth championship in Chicago. In the meantime, we will do um, our phone calls coming up next. 888-SAY-ESPN. Today's theme, what do you want to know? There is so much going on in sports right now. I will answer any questions you have about the world of sports. Eight eight eight, say ESPN. What do you want to know? Your calls are next. I am Greeny, and you're listening to ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $750 on average. Call or click today. Find out if we could save you hundreds on your car insurance. Again, the contest is very simple. If you would like a chance at winning this Last Dance Blu-ray gift set, I just explained to you how you do it, and it couldn't be simpler. Again, just go to my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. Pinned to the top, you will find a tweet that gives you a chance to enter. Just retweet that, and you have to be following me, at ESPN Greeny, and following at ESPN Radio on Twitter. That simple. And you're entered. At the end of tomorrow, we draw three of them. We choose three of them at random, and we will give away three of these gift sets here. The Blu-ray gift set has over four hours of bonus features, so it should be fabulous. All right, 888-SAY-ESPN is my phone number. Last few minutes today belong to you. We will do what do you want to know, your questions about sports, whatever it is you think I can answer for you. Let's start with Don. Don, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you want to know?
2: Hey, Green, a huge fan, first-time caller. I was just wondering if... Aaron Judge being up in the eighth and the ninth inning in huge positions and failing to come through was the biggest disappointment last night. And if he needs to have a big game three in order to make up for that.
1: Well, I mean, make up for it is a relative term. He went 0 for 5 last night and struck out three times, which means he basically did what everyone else did. The Yankees struck out 18 times last night. Judge will have another shot. If Judge and Stanton are hitting, if Judge and Stanton both play and are both hitting, then the Yankees are unbeatable. They will win the World Series. If either one of them or both of them are not hitting or are, are, are hurt, then that changes the dynamic of everything. But yeah, that was a huge, He came up in the eighth inning with a chance to be the hero. He came up in the ninth inning with a chance to be the hero. He struck out once and then grounded to third in the ninth to end the game. So yes, is that a disappointment? Yes. Does he, I'm sure in his own mind he needs to bounce back tonight with a chance to be the hero. We will see. Next up is Mark. Mark, you on ESPN Radio? What do you want to know? Good morning, Greeny. How are you? Excellent.
2: Hey, I'm curious, after one win in the first game of the series, you go on to proclaim uh, the Lakers for possibly a mini-dynasty, and you only mentioned four teams that thought you had a shot. That was Clippers, Nuggets, Mavericks, and Brooklyn. Have we completely forgot about the Golden State Warriors, the most celebrated team in the last five seasons, who still have three players of their nucleus, each of those guys with three rings, one of them that's a two-time MVP, the only unanimous MVP, considered the greatest shooter, and you got Klay Thompson, who's considered one of the best shooters also. And don't forget about Draymond Green, who won Defensive Player of the Year just three years ago. Plus, the Warriors have one of the not only one of the strongest teams in the office in basketball, but considered one of the best in sport. You haven't even given them a mention. That's what I want to know. How come? What, is it because you live on the East Coast? I don't get it.
1: Mark, I, I mean, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. When I ran through the teams that I could see being a factor next year, I mentioned the Warriors. They, they, you, didn't, you didn't mention Andrew Wiggins or the second pick in the draft. They have all of that. They are unquestionably going to be a factor. So I, I apologize if you didn't hear me say it, or if in one of the times that off the top of my head I was running through the contenders, I didn't mention them. Clearly, they are going to be one of the teams to be reckoned with next year. Of that, there is no doubt. I still think that the Lakers are the favorite. I think with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, they are the favorite because the combination of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Look, am I sitting here telling you I'd be stunned if the Warriors won the championship next year? Hell no! Of course I wouldn't. But that's that would not be my pick. Depending on what they do, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with that second pick in the draft. They, they have they have the flexibility to get even better than they currently are. So, yes, Mark, the answer to your question, if indeed that was the question, is yes. The Warriors are undoubtedly one of the teams that you could see winning the championship next year. Who is next? Zach, you're next up on ESPN Radio. Zach, what do you want to know?
2: Hey, Greeny, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Hey, as far as the Lions are concerned, what is the holdup for this organization to not let go of Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia? We have been basically brainwashed of this whole Patriot persona. We've already seen what Houston's done in firing Bill O'Brien. When is it going to be time for the Ford family and the Lions to finally realize this just isn't working out?
1: Well, it would be stunning um, if it went past this season, obviously. I don't sit here and advocate for people to get fired. I will just say that Matt Patricia has has made many comments over the course of time that have really rubbed me the wrong way. And the one from the other day in which he, he essentially described the cupboard as having been bare when he got there, when the reality is that Jim Caldwell had a winning record in four seasons, and Matt Patricia was brought in there not to get from, not to start a rebuilding project, but to take a good team and make them great. The belief was that they had gone as far as Caldwell could take them, which was making the playoffs and, again, winning more games than they lost. He had a better record in his four seasons than Sean Payton or John Harbaugh did. So the the belief was that they had had hired him in order to take that team to a championship. And not only hasn't he not done that, they've lost 12 of the last 13 games. They're terrible. Their defense is the problem, and he's supposed to be a defensive genius. So... I agree. It seems very difficult to picture that continuing. All right, retweet the tweet at ESPN Greenie and follow me and ESPN Radio. Your chance to win the Blu-rays. I'll see you tomorrow morning for Get Up. Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Thanks for listening to Greenie, the podcast. You can get more from Greenie, live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greenie on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greenie, the podcast.